Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101. My name is Melissa Grimm, and my co-host is Russ Morgan. Uh, tonight, we will be talking about planning for the future. Got a couple of things we're going to go over. We're going to talk about your company's 401k, financial responsibility, paying your bills on the road, your plans for the future, and we're also going to, if we have time, we're going to talk about uh, driver pay if we have time. So if you have any questions, comments, or anything you want to talk about, please press one and we will get you on the show. The uh, first thing we're going to go over is uh, the money stuff. And our resident money expert is actually also our call screener, and that would be Becky Morgan. I'm going to bring her on the show. Hey, Hi, guys. Becky. How you doing? Good. Hi. Hey. So talking about so, planning for the future, I'm sure most people, if they're just starting out, retirement is the last thing on their mind when they probably just started with their carrier within the last year. But honestly, this is the time to start thinking about that, um, especially if you're young and single and you don't have any other obligations. But even if you're not, even if you have kids and a mortgage and all that stuff, you still need to think about it. And most of these big carriers, which is probably where most new drivers are going to be anyway, just simply because that's where most people get their start, um, you want to look into the 401K and if nothing else, at least do the company match percentage. Um, it would be better if you could do 10%, but if all you can do is maybe the 3 or 4% that they match, um, you, you absolutely need to do that. Number one, if they take it out of your check, you're not even going to miss the money. You're probably spending it on sodas and, and stuff on the road anyway. And the company is matching your money, so it's free money. You're not even working for that money. It's being handed to you, and what better deal is that? So you definitely want to check out your company's 401k, and I know some companies, I think it was, I think Schneider, you had to wait like three months or a quarter. Some companies you can you can start right away, uh, but definitely go check out your carrier's 401k and find out what you need to do to start investing in that. And and start it as soon as you are uh, eligible to do so. Oh, absolutely! You know, it, uh, <clears throat> I took advantage of that at Snyder um, when I first hired on in 2001. And you know, just as soon as I was eligible, I uh, I think I started out at the company max. I don't think it's, I think at the time it was six percent, and. Um, it didn't take long before I moved it up to ten percent, and um, then I had uh, I had called in. They had a um, somebody I could call in and actually talk to because you know I didn't have a clue what I was doing, none. And 
told them kind of what I wanted to do, and they guided me towards investing in kind of this plan. I don't remember what all they were. It was Vanguard and uh, some different stuff. But, you know, uh, within a few years, I mean, I went from nothing in there to over $20,000. And I mean, in like four or five years. It was was amazing. Exactly. It doesn't take long. And like I said, most people, uh, even 10%, you're not going to miss. You're not going to miss it when they take it out of your check. Um, if you can, you want to, uh, if your company has the option of either a regular 401k or a Roth 401k, you would be better off doing the Roth 401k because it's after tax income, which means they're not going to draw it out until they've taxed your income. So everything in that account that you put in there and the interest that it draws is tax free when you draw it out. That's even better. But uh, go talk to your HR. Any big company has uh, people that will help walk you through the process. And uh, if you don't know anything about um, 401Ks or how they work, simple. Just go find some uh, any one of these big 401K companies in most even little towns. I know our little town is like 25000 there's probably three or four mutual fund brokers right here in town that could walk you through that. So by all means, get some uh, audio books or go sit down and talk to somebody, go to your company and get some information. There's all kinds of people out there that would help you figure out and walk through the process. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's what I did at Snyder. Um, as, uh, you know, they offered it, and I said, well, you know, I'll start out with, and like I said, I think it was 6%. It wasn't long before I was up to 10, and, you know, I built some money really, really quick. Um, and then, of course, you know, well, you and I went to, uh, um, uh, and you just said it, one of the one of the little brokers in town and, and uh, had put some money in that, too. So, uh, and. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take long to take, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a little bit of money and turn it into a lot. It's it's, it's pretty amazing. So uh, so what about books for uh, financial? Um, there's several good ones. One is um, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and that will go over some investing. Um, Another one is by Tony Robbins, and I'm looking it up on my phone right now. Money Master the Game, I believe it's what is what it's called. Yeah, yeah it's Money is that Master what it's called? Game. I was looking it up just to make sure, but I, I believe that is the title. And it's by Tony Robbins. But, again, there's a lot of good books out there. Um, the Motley Fools um, have some good, um, very easy-to-understand books on investing. Um and they're actually pretty funny. So is uh, the Tony Robbins one is really um, – the Tony Robbins one is really in-depth, so it probably wouldn't be the first book I listened to. I think you need a little bit of a base before you actually listen to that one. Uh, but maybe something like the uh, Dave Ramsey book first or another basic um, book on uh, investing in mutual funds and 401Ks and things like that. Um, after you have kind of gotten your feet wet, then I would move on to the Tony Robbins. But for a brand new investor, that might be a little, a little much. 
Yep. So uh, how about uh, we move on to uh, financial responsibility on the road? Yeah, um, this is going to be a whole new thing for a lot of people. Um, They're used to being at home where their mailbox is and where their bank is and where the water company is and all of those things you don't even think about until you get on the road and you're like, holy crap, how am I going to pay my water bill? You know, or you get home from three weeks on the road and your electricity is cut off because you forgot to pay the bill before you left and you've been gone a month. So here's what you need to do. Most any of your bills, water come very few. Some water, some municipalities, they're so small you can't do that one on automatic draft, but just about every other utility, electric cable, phone, you can get those all on automatic draft to where they'll draft your bill uh, when it comes to. And that's probably the best way to do it. If you're still so new, though, that you're kind of afraid to do that because maybe you, you know, one, you might have to wait a few days after the due date to pay because, you know, you're still new, you're not making a whole lot of money, that's okay just sign up for uh, emailed statements so that the statement comes to your email box and then you can just pay directly um, over the Internet. And that is just as good and gives you a little more control over, you know, maybe them pulling out uh, your electric bill the day before you get paid, <laughs> which, you know, some people when they're first starting out, that, that might not be a plan. Um, but when you're doing it yourself, then you can you can wait a day and go ahead and pay it on payday. But whatever your system is, if you're the only one um, in your household, especially, and you've got no one else there, I mean, it's a little different if you've got a spouse at home and they're you know they're there paying the bills. But if you're by yourself, you have to figure out a system to get this stuff done while you're on the road because. You're going to be gone unless you're a regional driver for three to four weeks at a time. And so you've got to figure out how am I going to do my banking? How am I going to pay my bills? And get a game plan for that. Put it together before you actually leave for the first time. Get all of your bills and get them to get on e statements or e billing. Uh, make sure you've got the, uh, you're going to have to go into your bill pay and enter those bills in, and you're going to need information off the bill uh, for the bill pay to pay it when you you need to go in there and pay your cable or your electric bill or however you decide to do it. But need to make that plan for it and make that system before you get on the road. Sounds like a trip plan. (laughs) Sounds like 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 kind of a pre-trip. Sounds like a pre-trip and then a trip plan. You know, we we, we plan to go everywhere. That's that's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Oh, and here's another one. It has nothing to do with finances. But if you're on prescription medication, always make sure, because you may not be able to get to a Walgreens or, I mean, Walmart's pretty easy. So, you know, if your pharmacy is the small-town pharmacy that's only in your town, maybe you want to switch it to a Walmart where, you know, you've got at least a decent shot of being able to pull up in a truck and getting your prescriptions filled. If you don't want to do that, what you may need to do is talk to your doctor and your pharmacist and make sure maybe you can get 
90-day fills instead of 30 days, just in case. Um, uh, normally, you're not going to be out for two months at a time, uh, but that 90-day fill will give you <laughs> some leeway. Yeah, some of us are, but uh, <laughs> that 90-day fill will give you some leeway if you don't get home in time. So although that's not yeah. finance, it kind of works in that same vein. Um, you don't want to be out and uh, three weeks out and you're you're still not home and open up, you know, meds that you have to have and now you've got like a day and a half left and you don't know what you're going to do. And I have seen that happen to people on the road. Had a student that that happened to and she decided that she would cut her dosage without talking to anyone, including her doctor, and it was a mess. And she did that so her pills would last her, and it was not pretty. So you don't want to be in that situation out on the road. No. the Yeah, and going back to the thing with the email and uh, electronically paying your bills, I love that. Uh, I've been doing that for years, and I always had, like, um, a couple of bills that weren't, like, the company didn't have a website or anything like that, so I actually had to remember when to pay the bill. I was always late. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I had the same issue. I had... when they don't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's annoying. I think the only one here that doesn't have that when we were on the road was the water company here in Nacogdoches, yeah. and they're the only ones that I'd come home, I don't like two months, you know. And I'd just go down and see it. But um, I think that was the only one that I could not pay online, literally. So uh, most people's bills, unless you're in a very, very small town, uh, most of them you can pay online nowadays. Um, so it's pretty pretty easy to get everything set up. You just got to be aware that that's, that that's something that you're going to have to do because you're not going to be home every time a bill is due. And you don't want your car repossessed when you come back. So, No, not at all. And uh, also, if the company doesn't have a website set up, if you – most banks have bill pay. So you can set up bill pay through your bank account, and they will actually mail a physical check. You just have to have your account number and the address and the due date, and the bank will mail a physical check to whatever company doesn't have the website set up. So you can do it that way too. Well, and a lot of the bill pays now are almost like ACH for between the big, big banks and like big, big companies, like probably your uh, car loans and stuff like that. You just tell them what, what day you want it, it paid, and it pretty much comes out of your bank account that day. So it almost has to be an ACH uh, transfer. And ACH is automated clearinghouse. It's just bank term for something that uh, comes out uh, from bank to bank. In other words, you're not really issuing a physical check. They're just using the routing number and the account number to pull the money out. Um, but yeah, a lot of the bill pays now, if you've got something with a major company like Suddenlink or your major um, credit cards, it's almost the same day transaction. You just tell them what day the bill is due and that's what day it comes out. So. Okay. Um, if anybody has any questions or comments or any advice they want to offer on uh, handling your finances on the road, press one and uh, we'll get you on the show. 
And uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover, we'll go ahead and let you get back to screening calls. Yep, I think that was it. All right, awesome. We will let you. We will let you go back to screening calls. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so that was the uh, money part of it, and uh, Becky always does such a good job covering that. So. Thank you very much, Becky, for doing that. So we also want to talk about um, planning for the future. Um, So you want to ask yourself, what are your plans? Uh, Do you want to just drive or do you want to become an owner-operator? I want to retire to a bass boat. That's just bay boat. So let's talk about that. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Or maybe you want to move into maybe instructing or management. Now, Russ, you've had a, a long career as a, a truck driver, owner, operator, trainer. You've done a lot of stuff. So why don't you talk about a lot of the different things that you have done? Uh, yeah, uh, for those of you that don't know, I've, I've had a commercial driver's license since I was 19. I didn't really start using it for a while, other than a little bit. And uh, But anyway, I got, um, you know, I, I started uh, driving a truck for a big company, uh, and like you heard me say earlier, I invested in the 401k. Um, then I moved from that uh, into the training side, uh, became a road trainer, and then a yard trainer, and then um, team drove. Uh, did, did a little bit of anything and everything, and then um, finally we became uh, uh, owner-operators, and then uh, – that we moved up to uh driving separate trucks and uh actually kind of building a a small fleet which is um uh we're we're steadily trying to build it you know bigger and bigger now so uh so expand on that okay so uh let's see you were a trainer right let's talk about that for a little bit if you want to make a little more money as a driver uh, you could become a trainer, right? Um, different companies. Uh, it's not at the time when uh, when I was a road trainer, they weren't paying a whole lot. Uh, uh, they have a little different system than most people do because uh, the trainer has to be uh, in the jump seat uh, while the truck's moving down the road. And of course, if you're backing up, the trainer's got to be on the ground. Basically, you are not undetended with Snyder National if you're when you're out on the road. Uh, so they didn't pay that great. Uh, it was, I think, at the time when I was doing it, it was extra thirty-five bucks a day, and I, I used to take out two students, so it was an extra seventy dollars a day. Um, now I've heard it's gone up. I don't know what they're paying for it now. Um, I think it was sixty-five or seventy dollars a student, uh, but don't hold me to that because it's been a long time since someone's told me. Um, but anyway, yeah, that uh, that did help me make a, a little extra money, and uh, the nice thing about uh, being the trainers, I was one of the few that would train female students. So um, we got a hotel room every night, or actually, she got a hotel room. I used to prefer to stay in the truck. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, the uh, and uh, when I went in house, uh, the money was really good then. Now we were working ourselves to death. We were working fourteen, sixteen hours a day, um, but the money was uh, extremely well trained. Uh, for the big companies. Now, I've heard if you go to some of the, like the Roadmasters, or I, I can't think of all the name of the training companies, but if you go somewhere else, I've heard it's not 
anywhere near as good as it you know as it was there. So, but yeah, it was definitely some good money, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I and you know I enjoyed teaching people. I enjoyed uh, uh, having the crap scared out of me every now and then. Uh, okay, now you have to tell the story about what you used to do when you were training. At where were you training when you took Dallas. on the? Okay, yeah. Oh, you, you mean the, the low bridge? Is that what you're talking about? No, uh, you had the tanker test drive. <laughs> oh, the tanker. Yeah, I got called into office a couple of times over that one. Okay, yeah. Well, um, yeah, so I used to train tank uh, most of the time. And we had one that we called Super Surge, and it was pretty nasty. It was about half full of water. And uh, we would leave out, and uh, or I'd leave out, and I would show them that it was, uh, it was demo drive day. So um, this is the first day that uh, any of the students had, you know, been hooked to a trailer. And of course, I'm driving the truck first. I come out of the yard, and I make a couple of turns. Anyway, I would get going down Schoolhouse Road, and I would make sure I was going real slow, make sure that uh, all the traffic – had cleared away from me, and there was nobody behind me or that. Well, anyway, halfway down this it's a pretty steep little hill, there's a stop sign. Well, I would stop fairly hard at this stop sign, and then I would let my foot off the brake, and we would roll back up the hill. Uh, that right there would get their attention when that water you know, first slammed to the front and then slammed to the back, and now it's taking the truck up the hill. Uh, Anyway, I would uh, continue on with my drive, and I had one place that was fairly close to downtown Dallas I would get. <clears throat> I would shift the truck, and I had learned how to shift this thing. And uh, you tanker drivers, I'm, if there's any on here, could back me up. Uh, you shift wrong, and that water comes up and slams the front wall of that tank, uh, you'll swear you got rear-ended. And so I would shift the truck like that, and, not, I mean, all the students in the truck would just freak out. Oh, we got rear-ended. Uh, no, we didn't. That's because the way I shifted the truck. Anyway, uh, we would get back to the yard, uh, um, and uh, finally about the, I don't know, I'd been doing it for a few months. They called me up in the office, and they said, quit taking them on that damn demo drive. Said, we have people going from bank to van. Said, they're scared, scared the crap out of them. So. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they needed to know what they were getting into. I mean, it's, you know, uh, shifting with that water and, you know, turning. And, I mean, we, we had a tank um, – um, I don't know. We might have to bring Becky on. She's from, I think it was a Dallas yard. They had some kind of a funky, uh, don't remember what the chemical was, but it didn't settle down. Anyway, this guy was backing into a hole and he turned the truck over. And I mean, he's moving parking lot speeds backing into a hole, mm. but got it at such an, you know, at a bad angle and, and actually rolled the truck with this chemical. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> oh, Oh, what's the name of the truck? No, that no, that Hula was the who was uh, yeah. Becky just sent a text. Um, Hula was uh, Becky's favorite trailer. Um, she uh, uh, it had three compartment trailer, and we had three different levels in it. And as you were going down the road, it literally felt like you were doing the Hula. I mean, it never settled down, uh, and it was constantly moving. And you, it's it, it felt like you were so. Okay. Yeah, that, that, I love that story. So he, he had to tell when he started talking about when he was a trainer on the yard. So now, but now he had to tell the story about the low bridge because I'm sure people are curious. Oh, the low bridge. Um, well, matter of fact, I got Becky. Really good. I don't remember something happened. Her, I don't remember what had happened, but she had a for some reason had a free period, and so she crawled in the truck with me and my student, 
anyway, so we're um, if anybody's ever been to the Dallas Truck Show, it is right there at that at the convention center. Just before you get to the convention center, uh, I would have my students get in the left lane and tell them to turn left. Now, if they were paying attention and had looked left, the bridge was marked thirteen two, and all the band guys know thirteen six. So anyway. All they had to do was look to the left and decide that we were going straight. And we could have gone right under the convention center. I mean, you can see that you can get under it. And anyway, so, yeah, Becky's sitting in the truck, and, I mean, she's, her eyes are big. Cause, I mean, she has looked, and she sees the 13-2, and I told the student to turn and go under it. So, but, yeah, anyway, we they would always do it to me. They they would get right to the bridge, and then, of course, I was ready because I knew they were going to hit the brakes because they would, they would see the – most of them would see the sign every once in a Every once in a while, we'd be going right under it, and I'd say, what does that sign say? And, of course, they'd see 13-2, and they'd bounce on me through the windshield. But, yeah. Anyway, needless to say, you could go under it. It was it was mismarked. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So, yeah, you've done you've done quite a bit of, of different stuff. You've, you've done uh, training on the yard, training on the road. You're an owner-operator. You're a fleet owner. And there's even more stuff that you can do, uh, like – you could start out as a driver and you could work your way and go into like inside management um, at the, whatever trucking company you're with. That happens a lot. A lot of people start out as drivers and then they go into like safety or uh, many, many different departments. So that's another option. For dispatch. You. Dispatch. Yep. Yeah. Safety dispatch. I was trying to think, I was going to say orientation, but there was something, um, there's another word for it, but yeah, you know, you could, you could teach the orientation class. Like my orientation, uh, the guy that taught it, he used to be a driver and, uh, he got injured on dollar general load. One of those, um, what do you call those things? The, the roller things? I forget what they're called. Yeah. The, the, the rail roller. Uh, I, I don't remember what they're called. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. one fell down and, and he basically broke his elbow. So, um, so he stopped driving. And he started doing the orientation. Um, but you don't have to get injured in order to, to work inside the trucking company. So, yeah, you can be in trucking and uh, and not be a driver. You can do – there's lots of different things that you can do. So if anybody uh, has anything they want to add to the show, please don't be shy. Press 1. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You know, any questions, comments, stories, anything you want to talk about, uh, you know, it's all about you. So press one, and we'd love to have you on the show. Well, let me tell my story about the financial responsibility. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about that. So, uh, yeah, Beth mentioned, the you know, financial responsibility. I, I ran into a good story here the other day. I had my truck in the one of my favorite shops, and uh, I'm not going to throw everybody under the bus here, so I'll keep it general. But I was in there, and uh, – uh, they were doing some minor repairs and stuff to the truck. And, um, I talked to them about uh, I was getting prices to uh, rebuild my truck. And uh, then they started joking about the truck that was sitting outside. And I said, well, well, what happened to it? I mean, it was a you know decent-looking newer Cascadia that was sitting out there. And they said, well, it's blown up. And uh, – but the guy had uh, – he had developed an oil leak on this Cascadia, and instead of spending $400 to fix his oil leak, 
he just kept dumping oil in it and then got a little lax in it and ended up blowing up the motor. Um, the sad part about it is this thing looked like a rolling light show. I mean, it had all kinds of lights on it, um, had chrome everywhere. Um, you know, if he had taken, you know, part of that money that he had as lights and chrome and everything else, uh, he was still had a truck. So he had a truck that he was sitting there paying for, uh, that the shop told him, uh, they weren't going to fix, um, because of the way he had, uh, done the truck. Uh, so now he's, uh, you know, stuck and of course, no more to fix, um, forever so last time I knew he had you know never got it repaired so I don't know if the bank came got it or what but still I mean it was you know when a $400 would have fixed uh, his truck would have fixed his oil leak you know I mean it was pure stupidity and I mean I'd hate to think of the money he had uh, just in the lights on the truck not counting the chrome and everything else um, I mean had to be thousands of dollars sitting right there mm-hmm. you know where uh, you know Spending a little bit of that money on uh, some preventative maintenance and repairs on his truck, I mean, he would still be out making money. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things that you can do uh, when you're trying to choose a career path as in the trucking industry. One of the choices you have is to become an owner-operator. Now, I kind of fell into the owner-operator thing. Um, my I, I ended up teaming with my trainer. My trainer was an owner-operator, so I was by default an owner-operator. Uh, so I didn't really go through the whole process of choosing to become an owner-operator. It just kind of happened. But uh, why don't you tell your story about how you became an owner-operator? Uh, well, we uh, we were t- – uh, well, no, I guess we kind of decided to do that when uh, uh, we were still instructors. And uh, – Decided that we wanted to eventually be where we're at now, and um, that was the plan. Anyway, we sit down and uh, started making plans, and uh, we got out and we busted our butt. I mean, we ran three hundred and thirty thousand miles one year as a company team. Um, yeah, we didn't go home much. Three hundred and, and no joke, we got a brand new truck. We were a test team for uh, the truck, and uh, ran three hundred and thirty thousand miles that year. And um, I had a good year. I, I think I made over 80000 that year, um, you know, team company driving. But anyway, we managed to put enough money together, and uh, and then we got lucky because we really didn't know what we were doing when it comes to buying trucks and so on and so forth. I, we got lucky. We got a truck that had some good specs and um, uh we got out, and of course, we made uh, everybody's on you know kind of stupid mistake. We decided we were going to run the speed limit everywhere, and we were getting five point five miles per gallon. Um, but uh, anyway, like I said, we saved up a bunch of money. We went and bought a truck, and uh, been just kind of plugging along at it, you know, ever since. Slowly building everything, try, trying to cash flow as much as possible, and um, you know. Uh, not do a bunch of not pay a bunch of stupid tax. I do a bunch of stupid stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how we did it. And uh, I don't know if uh, 
Becky wants to add anything to that. Oh, I, Becky's screaming. Well, I, I know, I, well, I know she's screaming, but yeah, I don't know if she wanted to add anything, to add anything to it or not. But yeah, she could pop herself on here if she wanted to. But she can't hear you. Huh? She can't hear you. She's in the screening room. Oh, she oh she can't hear me in the screen. No. Oh. oh well. Yeah. Oh well, we have a um a caller on the line. We got uh, Roxanne in Indiana. Hi, Roxanne. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Um, I was just explaining to her that I just recently became an owner-operator, and the program with the carrier that I'm running with, I feel like their owner-operator program is set up to basically force you to become an owner-operator, I mean, to become a trainer. And my problem is, is like I was explaining to, to um, her, that I don't want to give up my privacy as a truck driver to have other people riding with me. And um, I don't want to give up my dog. I don't want to give up my children riding with me, you know, or the comforts that I've come to know since I have driven, uh, you know, been a truck driver. Now, my plan is to become a small fleet owner of four to five trucks eventually, maybe even more. But how do I get from being with this carrier and this dedicated account and the people, my fleet manager and the account manager, that I really enjoy working with to separating myself from that to becoming um, a fleet owner outside of the company? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I know I said so much. No, 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 no. I no, I was I was chuckling at Melissa. Melissa made a funny gesture and pointed to me. Um, so I don't know I don't know who you're with, but uh, let me tell you what. There's a lot of good companies out here. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're that unhappy and they're really twisting your arm, my suggestion is uh, start doing a little research. Uh, start talking to uh, some people that. Uh, do you have a you have a stereo going in the background? Um, like I was hearing, the GPS. Sounds like I was hearing myself the, talk. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, okay, I thought I was hearing myself talk. No uh, GPS. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, I would look around. Um, I, I would look at some of these other carriers. Um, uh, you know, you, well, I guess my, a lot of people know. I mean, I, I'm, uh, we have our trucks at Snyder National right now, uh, but Snyder, Landstar, um, who is Jason just with? Uh, Mercer. Mercer. Um, th- and then didn't Interstate just put in a? Didn't Interstate just put a? Um, I think Becky told me Interstate just put in a deal that's similar to what Snyder has now. Um, but anyway, we've. Uh, you know, here we've got no force dispatch. Uh, over here, we don't train. Um, but I mean, if you don't want to train, let me tell you what: you own that truck, not them. That's um, you know, that's the way I look at it. Now, I would have actually considered it because um, I, you know, I enjoyed doing it. But I would have considered it here if they would have uh, let the owner operators do it here. Uh, but the problem is, is uh, well, like my truck. Well, the one I drive's got a 13 in it, and then I've got one with a 10 speed in it, and I got one that's an automatic. Um, so, right. Of course, all the trucks were uh, in-speed automatics. 
so that's kind of why they stepped up. You know why they didn't have the owner operators do it. But yeah, well, I was see, like, that's I was on the line is a chess piece. So now. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. Um, also, um, you know, I just. I don't know. I really like being solo. It's only me, you know. I I just I don't all of my responsibilities I take care of myself. I don't I don't know. I just I have my little routines and I don't want that interrupted by having to train somebody else, you know, in my own truck. And the bad thing is is I just purchased this truck. Um uh, January 4th, I signed the papers for it. So if I turn it in now and go to another company, I won't be losing that much, maybe about $1,500 right now, um, no more than like 2000 But I really, I, I got a great deal on this truck, and I got a good truck for, you know, what I've seen a lot of other owner operators. And I think that's what's holding me back too. Is like I keep saying, Oh, maybe it's gonna get better next week and then it just isn't getting better. <laughs> so can you, that's can, you the the can you take the truck with you? Can you take the truck with you if you leave? The only way I can take the truck with me is if it's paid off before I leave. If not I have to turn right. it back in. Okay, so you so you're in a lease. Uh, with, no, uh, yeah, no, like it's a, a purchase. Well, they well, say it's, it's a, a purchase. It's, yeah, it's uh, what's, it's what they call a lease purchase. Yeah, if you can turn okay. it back in, it's kind of a lease purchase. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, like I said, I would look at, um, you know, if you want to do that kind of model right now, um, and you're unhappy, I would really look at Snyder National. Um, okay. Now, the, I mean, I know the payments, I, I know the payments are high on their stuff. Either that, or if you can cash flow it, it's always better to go and get your own truck. Yeah, uh, I've been told I mean, that, and I've been thinking about that. Uh, well, uh, Melissa can uh, attest to what I'm driving. I am driving a 2002 Columbia that uh, Becky and I paid cash for. And as a matter of fact, Becky can back this one up. Uh, that truck makes us more money than any of the other ones. It gets the best fuel mileage. It's had the least amount of problems. Uh, and it's a 2002 with almost 1.4 million miles on it. Uh, and now, wow. now I am fixing to have to rebuild it, you know, but I know that's coming. And, you know, and we're preparing for that. Right. But still, I mean, you know, I put uh, I've done minimal work to it. Just minimal work to it. So Right. Um and and that's definitely the better way to go. Um if well, you can may I, keep may I ask cash, you another question. By all means. I'm sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to. I guess it's this headset that I'm on. Um my I just have one more quick question. I do have an um someone in the small town where I live back in North Carolina, he's retired, and he has two trucks, um, uh, eight, I want to say they're like 98, 99 the year, but he said that they have smaller motors in them, they're not like, I have a T680, and it has a Cummins in it, so, but I mean, with that, those should be just fine out here on the road hauling up to 40,000 pounds, wouldn't you think? Well, um, one of my favorite motors uh, that I've had and one of uh, Kevin Rutherford's favorite motors was the Detroit 11, 
what was it, 11? It was 11 liter. It was an 11 something. 11, it was the 11 liter. Anyway, I had a little okay. Volvo with that thing in it. And it didn't have a lot okay. of horsepower, but it was set up right and it was geared right. Um, uh, it, it was awesome. I made a, uh, uh, I made a fortune with that. Now, uh, you may have a problem with some of the carriers, uh, especially with the, uh, is it the ELD? Is that what they call the logbooks? Especially when the, the yeah. new logbook mandate goes in. Uh, you got to make sure that you're going to be able to hook uh, an electronic if it's logbook. a Detroit engine, it should be electronic, even that old. Yeah, yeah, even that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So I think ninety ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, you need to be careful with that because yeah, when that shows up, you don't want to get bit. You know, with a truck you can't run. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. make you know make sure that. And then, uh, and then make sure it's spec right. What's um, what's Kevin's book on buying trucks? Wasn't it? Oh, uh, stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. It's actually an entire program. You can go to the uh, Let's Truck website and and buy it. It's a it's a great program if you're looking to uh, oh, uh, buy a truck. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the program that you want. It'll, it'll take you through it step by step. So that's. Uh, Let'sTruck.com and it's stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. Yeah, okay. and if you don't, yeah, I'm you know definitely going to look into that. Yeah, because if you know nothing about specking a truck and what have you, because it, it's like I said, Becky and I got lucky. I mean, we, we, you know, when our first one, we bought one with some good specs, and then we paid a little stupid tax and finally started talking to some people that were smarter than we were and got educated real quick and started making some money. I mean, so it's oh nice. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it's real possible to uh, to make money out here in this business. And of course, we figured out here in the last couple of weeks really to spend it. But uh, well, that's what that's the thing. I think that's why I'm mostly afraid to go out and buy a truck because I don't have a whole lot of quote unquote friends out here in the industry. You know, I pretty much keep to myself. And I'm not being a decent mechanic. A lot of things I don't really know what to look for when purchasing a truck. And I don't want to get ripped off at the same time. <laughs> so I'm just. Right, you want to get that uh, from. That, right. Uh, Trying to find a mechanic that you trust, uh, you know, you know, it's worth uh, a couple hundred dollars out of your pocket. I mean, go find the trucks first. Uh, do a couple, okay. do some of the tests and the to drag him with you. You know, or t- or see if you can take the truck over there to them, and you know, well, like I said, the book will cover all this. Yeah, yeah the book covers all about sure. everything I'm talking about. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's worth okay. a couple hundred dollars to save several thousand. Uh, well, I really appreciate all y'all's information and uh, your advice. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, thanks. You're Okay, we got another caller on the line. We got Marianne in Texas. Hey, Marianne, how you doing? Hi, Alyssa. How's it going? You know, doing good. How are you? Oh, uh, doing great. Doing great. Hey, uh, one of the other books that, that uh, you could recommend to your listeners is uh, Larry Wingett's uh, You're Broke Because You Want to Be. Uh, it, it teaches you how to... Why did we not think of that? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a really book. good book. Thank you much for that suggestion. Uh huh. And uh, another another thing about uh, those uh, you, you 
you, you said that uh, you were late on your water bill because they don't really um, do the online thing. Yeah. Or remember why you were late. But um, what we do is that we, every month, you know, like clockwork, we just give uh, 20 bucks. You know, our, our, our water bill is like 15 bucks. So, you know, 20 bucks every month. You know, when I'm paying all the bills, uh, don't want to. Oh, that's, a, that's an excellent suggestion. Thank you very much those utilities that uh, really don't, you know, they don't give you notices or anything like that. And you're out here, and you know that's the only way that you're going to stay ahead of the game and, and not get penalized or late right. charge. Right, yeah. uh, And that lady who just called, uh, she talked about, uh, oh, give me a minute. What was she talking about? I had a suggestion for her to... Uh, Oh, the truck power, I hear they have great customer service there, and they will help you and teach you there. So, you know, uh, ladies, go to Pittsburgh Power and get the suggestions from them. I, I wouldn't trust anybody else. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. That's all I got. Uh, yeah. yeah, I. I'm sorry. I cut you off, I, um, but I think she was just kind of. Uh, saying goodbye. So yeah, uh, thank you very much for those suggestions. Uh, and I can also recommend if you're interested in just listening to guys talk about engines and stuff like that, there's a podcast on uh, Tuesdays. It's the Power Hour. It comes on at 1 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. Uh, if you're on the text message list, you'll get a notification. If you're not, you can text the word "listen" to 99,000, and you'll get a notification about 20 minutes before the show. Uh, when the, before they start to record it. So that's another thing that you could do. Um, I think we have uh, another caller in the screening room, but while they're being screened really quick, another thing that we wanted to cover is if you are a driver that is going to be working for a small fleet owner, you need to understand um, how you should be paid. Uh, and I almost did this. It was in my first year. I almost got hired as an owner-operator. I went a different direction, but I almost got hired by a fleet owner to work for him, and he was going to pay me 1099. Now, I didn't know anything about 1099 versus W-2 and all that stuff, but I'm going to let the fleet owner take over and explain the 1099 versus W-2. Uh, actually, you know what? We should have made Becky explain this. Um because she would have been a whole lot better at explaining it than than me. I know, um, and I don't know if she's still in the screening room or not. No, you want to bring her on? Um, yeah, yeah, pop her on here. Becky, we're popping you on. Can y'all not see Becky, that I'm there. busy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what, hey that, well, you know, help us out here. Help, help our brother out. Okay, a lot of, especially if you're new and you're not going to know the difference unless you've been in a business before, but a lot of fleet owners will try to pay their drivers by 1099. What does that mean to you? Well, it means you get your whole check because they don't take taxes out. That sounds like a great idea. No, not so much um, because it's illegal. <laughs> You see, if, you're, if you have no interest in that truck, in other words, you're not paying the bills on it, you're not paying the maintenance or the fuel or the payment, if it's not your truck and you don't have a vested interest in it, you are not a contractor or an owner-operator. You are an employee. 
and you must be paid as such, which means that you should get a paycheck with taxes, appropriate taxes taking at, taken out, state, federal, local, and that is from where you live. So we have a fleet. We're in Texas. There's no state income tax in Texas, but one of our drivers lives in Mississippi. Um, so we have to take out appropriate Mississippi income tax and get it to the state of Mississippi every month. Um, we take it out weekly, and then they um, then we send it to them once a month. Um, plus unemployment. Uh, you're an employee. Unemployment taxes should be taken out. Um, you're an employee. Uh, you probably should be on workers' comp. So. If you're coming across a fleet owner that's paying you on 1099 and not paying you any of those things, it, it is illegal and run the other way if someone tries to, to pay you that way. Uh, the only way you get to be paid by 1099 is if you own, and when I say own the truck, it doesn't matter whether you're leasing it, whether you bought it outright, whether you're paying for it through the bank. Owner-operator just means that you are bringing the equipment to the equation, whether you're leasing it or own it, own it is immaterial. So don't let a fleet owner or, you know, your new job pay you by 1099. It's, it's not fair to you, and it's also illegal. So. Exactly. See, I knew she would do a good job explaining it. Of course. Thank <laughs> you, Becky. You're welcome. Okay. All right, we have another caller. Got uh, Josh in Missouri. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. <laughs> I had a couple questions. I hope you can get to them. Um, I have a 2013 uh, T660. Uh, it's got the Cummins 2250 engine. Um, I've just bought the truck five or six months ago. Um, I've replaced the ECM. I've pretty much rebuilt the whole exhaust system except for the SCR, um, all the sensors, everything. Uh, my fuel mileage, I cannot do better than 6.1 miles per gallon, regardless if I run 62 miles an hour. Um, I've went all the way down to 60 miles an hour. Um, it's an old uh, melting truck. I don't know if it's the way the truck is set up, um, and I'm pulling the dry van with it um, for me to get better fuel mileage. Um, and recently, I just put a new uh, cam in it three weeks ago because of the uh, the cam started flaking. Um, and I've started using what, what, about what year? What year motor? Two thousand. It's a two thousand and ten twenty two fifty. It's a 13 okay. model truck, but it's got the 2010 2250 in it. Yeah, they had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of problems out of that count. Yes, sir. I, I, when I had it done at Kenworth, and they said that you know they didn't understand why it wasn't recalled because about 450, between 375 and 450 thousand. Um, those cams started flaking. Um, luckily, I caught mine when it had just started. I just went in for a random overhead, um, and, you know, they showed me, even in the rollers, you know, to scratch your fingernail across them, and if you feel anything, they need to be replaced, and, you know, here and there. Um, but since the new cam, I've started using about a gallon of oil every 3,000 miles. 
Yeah. Between 3,000 and 3,500. All right. I, I, know, okay, I, uh, I know enough about mechanic to be dangerous as far as really getting into the motor. Uh, but now I did hear this the other day, uh, and uh, it's, it's kind of what's happening to my truck. You know, I said I got 1.4 million on it. And uh, I, anyway, a new head, you know, my head was kind of redone on it. And then not too long after that, I kind of started going through some oil. So uh, a mechanic said, well, you know, you're, you got a nice fresh head on there and some older rings, and, you know, your oil's probably going out through that. Um, you, so you said it was a melting truck. Uh, so you, that, used to, that used to be a, it's a flatbed company, right? Isn't that? Yes, yes, sir. All right, so you, so you got a low, uh, you have a low top, or do you have a, you have a big air dam on top? It's, or not? Uh, no, there's no air, there's no air dam. It's a mid roof, um, and it doesn't have the air dam on top. Uh, that that right there would help considerably, since you're pulling a band. Uh, that's uh, that would make a big difference. Uh, that and then from what I understand, Pittsburgh Power has a lot of the uh, 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 emission. Uh, help me out here. You were t- you and me were talking about the other day, the, the fixes for the emissions. Uh, yeah, the- they called it a tune-up. Yeah. And uh, actually, they're, they're having the most success with the Cummins engine. So Pittsburgh Power might be somebody you want to talk to. Uh, but you wanted to know, um, you were trying to figure out whether or not you should stay leased or go out on your own, right? Uh, yeah, that was my next question. Uh, like I said, I'm a brand-new owner-operator, uh, five or six months um, I'm leased on with a guy that has uh, outbound freight from my local hometown, um, but it's averaging about a dollar thirty a mile with all the deadhead miles. And then I'm basically running the broker board to get myself back home to pull this dollar thirty, you know, a mile freight or wherever else I choose to go. Now that is one of the positives is I do have the freedom to use the broker board to go and come as I please. Um, But I'm paying trailer rental. Um, He's getting 15%. I'm paying all my own insurance. Um, He does pay the IFTA, but, you know, he's also getting 15% of my gross. So I guess in terms I'm paying it, he's getting 15% of my fuel surcharge also. Yeah, let's see. So 15 are you paying him trailer rental, or are you paying trailer rental to somebody else? Uh, no, I'm paying him trailer rental. Yeah. Well, um, to go out on your own, um, yeah, I mean, you're kind of in a sticky situation here. I mean, you could actually do better. Um, you really could. I, I would be concerned about getting this truck right or maybe even finding a different one. I, um, yeah, you're, you hit a real sore subject when you mentioned that motor with, uh, Becky and I had, uh, uh, had one and uh, we ended up lemon law on it, um, with, uh, a Cummins with that year motor in it. And, um, but as far as the, uh, whether the stayer go, um, I would say if you have uh, you've only been doing it about five or six months, um, you know I you, you definitely need to learn how to negotiate with brokers, how to 
you know, I guess you are, you know, kind of talking to brokers and getting freight moved and so on and so forth. But, I mean, there is a lot, and I'm to mean a ton of behind-the-scenes work um, that's – I mean, you know, you got to get yourself set up on drug testing. Uh, you know, you got to do all your DOT compliance. Uh, we ought to pop Becky back on the air here. Oh, matter of fact, she just sent a um, – uh, there's an absolute nightmare of work. That that was another concern of mine as far as going out on my own. Like I, I'm I'm pretty hands on, and I have been. Um, you know, since I've only, this is, I'm only going into my fourth year, but going into my first week, that this was my goal is to become you know an owner operator. And you know, have my own authority and 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 my own freight at, at some point. So since day one, um, and and I know absolutely nothing about it. So so don't take what I'm saying the wrong well, let me, way. Let me, let me, make, I, but, let me but, make a suggestion for you. Can I make a suggestion for you? Because you're looking like you're looking for a lot of information, and you want to learn. Am, am, am I understanding you correctly? You're looking to learn right now. So I'm going to make a couple of suggestions for you. Uh, have you ever heard of the CMC? I have. Okay. I, I'm, you a, need to go I'm, to I'm a huge CMC. listener of. Okay. Yeah, you need to go to the CMC. You need to sign up for it. It's going to be in. Uh, it's going to be in September this year. You need to go. Uh, you're looking for lane three, and that's going to be everything that you need to know for all the questions that you're asking. Number two, uh, do you listen to Kenny Long's podcast? I I do. I, I listen to predominantly okay. all of them. <laughs> okay. And really what you need to do is keep doing everything that you're doing right now, and, and also you need to go to the CMC in September, and you will figure out everything you need to figure out. Yeah, that's a, that's a wealth of information. Bring, bring, bring a receiver with you. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys for taking my call. No problem. Thank you for calling. Okay, so that's pretty much all the time we had for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for calling in, asking your questions, and giving your suggestions. And we will talk to you next week. Good night.